Welcome to the Science and Sass Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things science, fitness, and motherhood. We're your hosts, Dr. Rachel Reed and Dr. Brittany Masteller. We both have PhDs in kinesiology and a passion for sharing science with the world. We created this podcast to have unfiltered conversations about complex topics that we think deserve attention. While listening, you can expect to learn everything from implementing the scientific method to raising little humans and how to keep your head above water through it all. This podcast will cover three major topics, exercise science, motherhood, and the fitness industry. We firmly believe that science is for everyone, that coffee should only be drunk out of a mug, and that lipstick makes everything better. So go ahead and hit the subscribe button and make sure to join us every Monday for our conversation with your favorite PhD buzz. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Science and SAS podcast. Uh, Rachel and I are here today to talk up to you about approaching fitness during motherhood and or other busy seasons of life. Um, this conversation has been something that we have talked about before and um, recently that I've been thinking a lot about, so I figured why not do a little episode on it. This isn't going to be a very long episode, but I do think that a lot of people can relate to this, especially moms and especially right now when life is still kind of crazy during the pandemic and um, everything that we have going on here. So we're recording this episode in the beginning of February of 2021. So we are almost at that year mark of the pandemic, and I do feel like Some things have gotten better, but a lot of the just overall stress of being a parent during this time is still very uh, prevalent. So we're just going to talk about this a little bit in regards to my experience and Rachel's experience and kind of just give you permission, hopefully, to feel your feelings with this one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think feeling your feelings is a really good way to frame this up because I think I can speak for both Britt and I when I say that leading up to pregnancy, we were both incredibly fit. I mean, Britt was a competitive athlete, right? You've heard about that on past episodes. I had, oh my gosh, I had been exercising um, through bar, through lifting for years and years and years. Um, I actually had to gain weight in order for us to get pregnant, right? Like I was so fit and so lean that I had to purposefully try to change my body composition um, to improve my cycle and conceive. And so I had, gosh, we both had such a long history of just basically being able to do physically whatever we wanted to be able to do, right? Like I never really worried about like, can I do that? Or will I need to modify this? Or is that lift going to be hard for me? right? Like I, we just kind of both had that athlete mentality, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, you know, that can be really hard to navigate during pregnancy. And I feel like no one really talks about it or it's not talked about enough. Um, I know I was just totally astounded at the lack of information and like the lack of context really with how to approach exercise during pregnancy and postpartum. Like, I saw a lot of, you know, 
don't do this or do this types of things, but very little uh, like context as to like when, why, how, etc. which is another reason why I created my program. But like, still, this is a problem. And I, I think that it really does make the mentality going into this transition, really transitional, like pivotal moments of your life. It can be really difficult. Now, obviously, there are like elite athletes who, you know, may continue competing pretty seamlessly. And it's like literally their career. It's not that serious for us. Like we really enjoyed um, fitness and athletic things, but it's not, it's still recreational. I mean, even me as I, I compete, but it's, not, it's at a you know, novice level. It's not at a very high level or anything. I'm not getting paid to do this. Um, so I think I was a little bit naive going into pregnancy and postpartum because I didn't really understand what my body was going to go through. And it's really hard to predict too, because everyone experiences pregnancy and postpartum so differently. But, you know, I think well, Breach and I are both C-section mamas and we both had C-sections. And I think that's one really big part of this, right? Because I don't know about you, Rachel. Well, I do. I think we've talked about this before, but like everyone told me that because I was so fit and because I, you know, exercised so much and blah, 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 that I would have the easiest labor and delivery and that that baby would just come flying out of me, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I, that is so far from what happened. And I remember like sitting there after my C-section feeling like I got hit by a bus and being like, why the F did people like, why did I like believe that? Like, I really believed that, that because I was fit and strong and whatever, that I would have a fine time giving birth. <laughs> I believed that too. And I mean, I don't know if that was so much other people telling me specifically that, but it was almost like self-imposed. I had this mentality that, you know, all throughout my pregnancy, I was able to keep up for the most part, obviously with some modifications needed based on my growing belly and lack of ability to control my core as well, right? But I was able to like keep up for the most part with my routine. I felt strong. I felt totally capable all the way up to like 37 weeks is when I stopped teaching group fitness. 37 weeks. I was huge. I'm only five foot one. I was, my belly was so big, but I felt, it's so funny to think about. I felt really strong, like all the way through. And then I had a really awful, horrible, like labor and birth experience with like a very traumatic C-section. And I just felt crushed. Like, I was like, why did this happen to me? I've done everything right. Mm -hmm. And it was because I was so naive, because other women ne don't necessarily talk about these types of things. I know I'm not the only person to experience something like that, but nobody that I knew had ever talked to me about it. Same. I've never really read about it anywhere online. It's just kind of a, a weird, like, hush-hush sort of thing. Yeah, it is. And it really shouldn't be, considering, like, millions of women give birth via cesarean every single year. Like, it's not that uncommon, but... Like the world of pregnancy is kind of like, yeah, hush, hush about it. So I think that's a really important part of our stories. And this might not be for everyone, but your, you know, your labor and delivery experience can really affect how you approach fitness postpartum. I think especially with your first child, I, I think going in like 
going into my next pregnancy, I would be much better prepared mentally, which I didn't really even think about before, but I would at least like, it'd be on my radar to be like, I need to mentally prepare for whatever outcome, you know? Um, I didn't even think of that before, but I, I, I mentioned that because approaching fitness after having a C-section can be very hard. It was really, really hard for me. Um, I know it took a long time for my incisions to heal. Uh, and it was just really humbling. I was really embarrassed. I was just, ugh, it was just so hard. I'm 14 months postpartum now, and I feel like I can talk about it pretty, like, okay. Like, I have, you know, worked through a lot of that. Um, but it, it's really hard and it, it took a long time. Like I remember at nine months postpartum talking to my physical therapist again, being like, I'm still having these symptoms, like what is going on? Uh, and kind of having to like revisit a lot of the things that I was doing at the very beginning of my postpartum journey. And it was just so frustrating. And I was so like, oh, I don't know. It was just so hard for me to get past that. Um, it is so hard. And I feel like in pop culture, there's this mentality of like, I even hate to say the word bouncing back postpartum. And it it honestly, I never thought twice about it before I experienced it myself. I mean, maybe I thought maybe a little bit, I thought twice about it just being somebody trained in exercise fizz. But I mean, I really never gave it very much thought until I actually lived through it and was so frustrated with my own body. I mean, after a C-section, you can't even stand up without assistance for like a week, much yeah. <laughs> or at least yeah. I couldn't. I much couldn't less, like, yeah. Go to the bathroom alone, take a shower alone. Like I remember to leave the hospital, I had to stand in the shower for five minutes without the nurse helping me. And I could not do it the first time they tested it. It was like one of the first almost like physical tests in my life that I didn't pass with flying colors. And I just remember I could not even keep my shoulders stacked over my hips because it was so painful and my core was so weak and like yeah. and it was like ripped to shreds. And I just was so freaking frustrated that it really did make me second guess everything with my body afterwards. Like I took, I had to wait 12 weeks, uh, to return to anything except walking. And I was really, really cautious. I, mm-hmm. you know, I started taking bar a little bit, but never really got back into it full swing, even though I was working for like a global bar franchise company, right? Yeah. I just could never, I didn't trust myself anymore. And yeah. I think that's something that I felt so embarrassed about being, um, you know, at the exercise doc, I didn't even <laughs> trust myself to make it through a group exercise class because my body had changed so much. I just felt like I was like, um, I don't know, like I, what is the word? Like I disconnected a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like disconnected or like I was a hypocrite. That's the word I'm yeah. trying to think of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. No, I guess it's same. I mean, as a fitness professional, I feel like it makes you question everything, especially because you feel like, I mean, for me, I think I let what other people were saying to me really get to me, but it was a lot of like, you'll bounce right back and like, you'll have, you won't miss a beat. And like, I was like, no, I was missing a lot of beats because I could not walk. Like, I remember just, and I know this is turning into an episode about like our birth experience, but I think it really is important for the rest of the conversation because 
even if you didn't have a C-section, if you had any sort of like birth experience that made you feel disconnected or like you can't trust your body, like Rachel said, it really is something that you have to work past mentally as well as physically. And I just remember for me being just so, I wasn't even upset that I had the C-section necessarily. I was just upset that like how I felt after I like I yeah. remember just like like you said just like standing in the shower just like bawling because I like couldn't believe like this was my body and like this is how I was feeling and I had like this beautiful baby and Benji was fine for the most part but like it was just really hard and I remember thinking like I cannot even walk how am I ever going to like do strongman again or how am yeah. I ever going to like do the things that I love again it just felt like it was never going to happen and it took a lot longer than I wanted it to. Um, I, you know, I saw a pelvic floor physical therapist right before quarantine started. They weren't very helpful. And I kind of just like did my own thing and fig- like trial and error. And uh, then I, you know, did a lot of research because I started working on my program. And I saw, I found a different pes- pelvic floor physical therapist on Instagram who was local to New England. So she wasn't super close, but close enough that I could drive to her. So I went to see her and she examined me and I looked like I was pretty like good, right? I I had some issues with my pelvic floor, but she helped me work through those. And really since then, I've been on a pretty smooth trajectory. I have had like bumps a little bit, but for the most part, ever since that, which was about like I want to say like nine months postpartum. So I'm for, it was like about, yeah, about five, six months ago. Ever since then, it's been exponentially better. My fitness has improved. Uh, my core has gotten stronger. Like I felt pretty good. Like I, I was ending 2020 and I'm like, I feel pretty good. Like I almost feel like I'm ready to have a new fitness goal. And then, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then, like, literally, as soon as I like felt like I made the decision that I wanted to pursue, I was like, I'm going to pursue a fat loss phase because I've waited this long, I'm not breastfeeding. I feel pretty good about like what's going on. Why not? Because you know, I in the past, I mean, every single bodybuilding competition I did was during my PhD, which was arguably the hardest thing I've done until this point. So I was like, oh, this will be no problem. Like, it's not even that strict. It's not even as strict as a bodybuilding competition prep. Like, this will be fine. It was not fine. And as soon as I decided this, of course, like a bunch of life stressors popped up, and I was like faced with the question of like, why am I even like, do I? do I even care about this? Like, do I, is this that important to me that I want to stress over, stress over it? Like, is it worth it to me? And that's kind of like where I'm at now. This was just a few weeks ago. Um, so I thought it was timely that we record an episode about this because I, I don't think that I'm alone in this. I think approaching fitness goals during motherhood especially or during really busy seasons can sometimes feel like a good idea because it makes you feel kind of in control but um, life is still happening all around you and if some of those circumstances that you can't control make it harder to pursue your goal it might end up adding more stress than any benefit it could bring which is where I'm at currently. And I know, Rach, you can speak to this like a little bit too with just your experience. 
Yeah, no, I, I would say my mindset around exercise and fitness goals over the past three years since becoming a mom, which I can't believe I've been a mom for over three years now, wild. Um, it's really ebbed and flowed. Like there have been times where I've said, okay, I'm going to be really strict about my macros. I'm going to um, try to lose some fat, try to gain some lean mass or at least maintain lean mass while I'm losing fat. And right now we are in such a weird phase in our family's life. Like we're living apart while we look for a home in Georgia with a crazy real estate market. And there's just a lot of stress that I am having a hard time managing it. And so for me, I'm still getting enough physical activity, right? Like I'm exceeding that minimum threshold, but I'm certainly not like pushing myself to the very max because for me, that trade-off just isn't worth it right now. And I think it's okay. Um, I think it's something that people don't talk very much about. And that's why Britt and I wanted to talk about that today. Like it's totally fine if when you are in a busy season of life, a fitness goal isn't your number one priority. Like we hope that you're still being physically active because there's so many important health benefits of it, but it doesn't have to be one of the most important things in your life. Yeah. It's a part of it, right? It should yeah. it should enhance your life. It should allow you to do things in your life that makes it better. And, you know, it, it shouldn't be adding, contributing negatively to your quality of life ever, but especially not like during really busy seasons when you're already, you know, busy with other things. Or like if you're a mom, like you have a million other things to worry about is is the 10 pounds that you want to lose that's driving you crazy is that really worth it like what do you think will happen whenever you lose those 10 pounds because most of the time i would argue if you really sit down and think about it you would say no it's not worth it <laughs> yeah and that's okay like it is okay like rachel said we want everyone to be physically active it had does have so many benefits but really think about if it's worth it and to what point you want to pursue any kind of fitness related goal when you have so many other things going on and to know that it doesn't say anything about you like i mean i'm a we're both fitness professionals we both have our phds literally in exercise physiology and we know so much about exercise but that doesn't mean that we're not human um, it doesn't mean that we think that you should pursue a fat loss or a fitness goal above anything else. Like that's not what we want. Like we are very much pro physical activity, pro exercise, but we also recognize that there is a time and a place for pursuing fat loss. And you know, it it might not be ever for you. You might yeah. not ever feel like yeah. Maintenance yeah. is totally okay, right? Like staying yeah. where you are and maintaining that level of physical activity and doing, you know, exercising when you can fit it in and making sure that you're getting again, like above that minimum dose that we know is, is important for health. Like that's great. But again, you don't have to like push yourself to the max because it may not be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 
hopefully you enjoyed hearing this conversation. We tried to make it like pretty quick, but we did have a, a message for you. And hopefully if any of you can relate or you're in a busy, crazy season of life, which I think many of us are right now, um, just know that you're not alone. And despite what you might feel pressure to do, the choice is ultimately yours. And whatever choices you make, you should feel good about them and feel like they are enhancing your life or at the very least not, not contributing negatively to it. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you guys for listening today. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss an episode. And we have something special coming up soon with our first guests appearing Yay. on the podcast. Such a big deal. We hope you'll tune in for that. And we will see you next time. Thanks, everyone.